listening to What the Truck. Dude, what's up, man? How you doing, Dooner? Brad Jacobs, you know, big news, big news. Brad Jacobs is set to kick off our next virtual event, the 3PL Summit, July 21st. He's the chairman and CEO at XBO Logistics. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm very excited, Matt. Brad Jacobs, and, and you know, talking to our, our our crack production team, our amazing production team, they're telling me how sick this event is going to be. It's going to blow your mind. They won't give away any of the secrets, but Brad Jacobs and our amazing uh, uh, production team already talking smack. I'm ready, bro. I'm down. Uh, you know, I believe it. First of all, because of how we tried to raise the bar for Freight Waves Live at home. I've, I've caught a lot of virtual events since. There's been decent ones. There's been good content. But in, in terms of production, in terms of what we're trying to do, in terms of what we'll be doing with this particular event, it's, it's going to be off the charts. And, you know, my first event with Freight Waves was Transparency 19. Bradley Jacobs, keynote speaker there. He comes running out and immediately he throws a script on the ground and says open questions to anyone in the audience. I remember, too, I remember this so vividly. I asked him, I was like, I'm not going to pass this opportunity to ask Bradley Jacobs a question. So I was like, what do you think about 3PLs that are not adopting tech? Do you think that there's an extinction level event coming? And he went, he went like, he went deep with it. He even talked about his own mortality and visiting the doctor and how everybody has an extinct, an expiration date. It was, uh, it was powerful stuff. And I wasn't fully expecting him to go there. Yeah, no, he's he's always informative and very entertaining, and he's kind of an he's this open book, and you you can tell he's being honest with you. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be great. It's going to be very entertaining. It's going to be awesome. Hey, thanks for everyone who's joining us on LinkedIn right now. Adam Robinson, he says he's all about them W's. Chris Jolly, happy Monday, everybody, and uh, hey, hey, good sir, happy Monday, and also hello to the Sirius XM audience. If you're listening to this driving on Saturday or to uh, wherever you're headed. For uh, Fourth of July weekend, you'll be listening to this show, What the Truck, I think, for the first time on Sirius XM Radio. So uh, awesome, enjoy. Man, a first. Yeah. And those listeners, if you're listening to, to, to this one, you can subscribe to What the Truck on your favorite podcast player of choice and listen to us on demand. There's, uh, geez, nearly 200. I don't know. What episode are we at? I think we're right near 200. Maybe this is 192-ish. <sighs> so right near episode 200, you get a big back catalog to work through. Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea what number the what, what number we're on, Dooner. I, I I just love doing the show. It's awesome. It's like the, it's a great platform for people. It's very informative. I love it. Uh, but uh, so, who's sponsoring this one, Dooner? Yeah, this episode is brought to you by Pilot Flying J Axel Fuel Card, which provides the credit you need with fast approvals and money back. There are no transaction fees and no monthly fees. So sign up for yours today at AxelFuelCard.com. Axel Fuel Card keeps fleets on a roll. Subject to credit approval and terms and conditions may apply. I spoke to Megan from there on radio over the weekend, by the way. She explained that program, their perks program, really, really much more interesting talk than I assumed at first. She went for 15 minutes just uh, dropping truth bombs. Nice. Yeah. Was, was this that, 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 this Saturday? Yeah, last Saturday on the radio. It was, it was, it was good stuff. She was a great, great conversation. I'll have to have her on What the Truck sometime. Yeah, sounds good. All right, man, let's get to the headlines. Trucking executives, they hope for a Nike swoosh recovery. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. Ryan Strait reports. Right. Well, one thing we'll learn here is that it might not be without its pratfalls, the recovery. So this uh, might need to be taken delicately in terms of labor and those kind of things. So Brian Strait reports, a quick, a quick uptake 
in the economy could lead to renewed labor concerns in the trucking industry, creating a double-edged sword as the nation looks to turn to some semblance of economic normalcy. A more gradual improvement would be the performance of two trucking executives who participated in the opening general session of the Truckload Carrier Association's virtual safety and security meeting. It was held last Tuesday through Thursday. A lot went on down there. Tell them about it. It is. So speaking during the session sponsored by the Allied Committee for the Trucking Industry, Dennis Dellinger, president and CEO of Cargo Transporter, said he hoped for a more gradual recovery rather than a sharp uptake. And you'd think that's kind of counterintuitive. But he says the challenge we could have if we go into a V recovery is maybe we could end up with a labor issue. It definitely would be an opportunity for staffing or drivers in filling our trucks. Speaking on a panel along with uh, Dan Dorn, president of Dorn Logistic Services, Ed Nagel, president of Nagel Toledo, and Dave Williams, executive vice president of Knight uh, Transportation, Dellinger said his fleet had just restarted driver orientation programs. Uh, quote, we have some trucks that are unseated at this time, and if we came back at 100%, we would not be able to service the customers we have, is what he noted. You know, when we talked about that story with the truck driving schools that had been closed, there's still some closed throughout many states not as many CDLs being issued, right? So maybe not as much drivers in that capacity comes in. But but if you were starting, and this is one thing we talked about in this broker versus trucker debate, right? Hang in there when the recovery comes. You may not want that regulation because as we're seeing now, those rates are coming back up. And you, on this end of it, you don't want a cap, do you? Mark Hurwitz says rates are up, capacity is gone, and the carriers are taking advantage. And I don't blame them. I don't necessarily know if it's taking advantage so much as it's playing in the market. And it's how the market, it's how the market works, right, Michael Vincent? Yeah, you got to make your money when you can. And I mean, if the if the demand is there and the supply is down, guess what happens? It's simple economics. The the the, the price is going to go up, just like it was the reverse a few months ago. Well, William so. said <laughs> William said the recovery within trucking could look different than it does for the general economy. So don't necessarily look at that as an indicator. He pointed to the freight truck balance that is so critical to rates. According to him, when you talk about recovery, our trucking economy is somewhat of a micro economy within the general economy, and our economy is not always directly tied to the general economy. For us, we need to understand why we are in a position to start with. For us, it's a matter of balance and capacity. Recovery sounds good, dude. But what I'm hearing is that not all roads to recovery will be without their troubles. No, they they, they certainly won't. You're you're absolutely correct, and and I'm not going to disagree with him either. He's 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 more in tune than than I I, I would like to be, but. Uh, you know, it, it, much like the very large crude carrier market, right? Vertical in the crude oil tankers, et cetera, a steep or quick demand or steep recovery spells a very difficult time early on in a deep trough for pricing in in that arena. And the over tr- over the road trucking is looking at, it's looking at being able to handle those volumes. And we've already seen a a somewhat of a V shaped recovery. Now it just remains to be seen if the industrial markets will set a firm foundation to this as 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 well as in the continuation of retail and consumer trade. The the spike so far as Jason Miller uh, at, at at Michigan State University will will point out uh, it's been largely consumer. Uh, consumer driven. And and if you're looking at rail car loads and not not the containers, but the rail car loads, we're still seeing very weak numbers in total car loads and things like chemicals and metals, et cetera. Uh, And they're strong uh, indicators of uh, industry uh, production, industrial production and and the health of of industry. So is that backbone going to support it? And will consumers stay up is the big question. Well, one thing consumers may be looking at is the Nikola. Nikola begins Badger electric pickup marketing push. If you follow Trevor Milton, on Twitter, you've, he's he's very, uh, I don't know, what is he, 
loquacious. What would, what would a loquacious Twitter be? Is there a word for that? He's just very, he tweets a lot, is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> uh, Alan Adler reports that Nicola, Nicola Corp likely won't have its Badger battery electric pickup with a fuel cell range extender for sale until 2022, but that's not stopping them from marketing and putting out there. Uh, it's begin taking orders today, and it will match up to $5,000 deposits, and it's guaranteeing an invitation to the reveal party that hasn't been canceled yet. Nicola World still planned for December. They have, uh, they're doing some other things too. They got a truck giveaway. Nicola is sweetening the pitch used by, used by similar companies like Tesla, the industry leading electric car maker. They took deposits as well on hundreds of thousands of Model 3 sedans, as well as my cyber truck. He's got, uh, Elon's got a hundred bucks of mine on that one. Badger deposits are refundable. They will be held but not used for development. Executive Executive Chairman Twitter, Trevor Milton, wrote on Twitter, Badger pricing is pending. He did tweet one thing, though. He said that, unlike his competitor, these aren't refundable except for $250. But I have $100 on my Cybertruck, so I, I'm, I, you know, I, I lose $250 on the Badger. I only lose $100 on the Cybertruck. <laughs> so if you put down five thousand dollars, you get it all back except for the two fifty. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I guess that's that's the cost okay. of the ticket to Nicola World anyway. Oh, all right, I got you, I got you, I got you. So, anyways, Nicola expects to name a Badger manufacturing partner before the reveal at the second annual Nicola World in Phoenix, uh, which will be held December third through the fifth. The announced field of electric powered pickups is crowded though as established automakers you got ford motor company general motors and also uh tesla uh who plan models as well well so do startup as and as well as uh who we got here lordstown motor uh rivian and and now nicola in the u.s market for pickups is about 2.8 million annually uh all of those are currently built and and uh, to run on gasoline or diesel right now so we'll we'll see how big the electric market is but electric vehicles stand to gain from the california air resource board passage of an advanced clean trucks regulations that phase in zero emissions trucks beginning in 2024 it's mandating that 75 percent of class eight trucks uh sales be powered by electricity by 2035 yeah, and it's got big range. It's got over 300 miles of range. Some cool specs go 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds. But but there's still not a manufacturer for it yet. So that remains to be seen exactly how these are going to be rolled out, how it's going to work. Still exciting to watch. We've, we've seen a lot of noise where there's smoke, there's fire. Helion, another SPAC company like Nikola, Alan Adler's reported on them as well. Uh, we'll probably have their CEO on as a guest maybe in the next week or two. We'll get some answers from him on where they fit into all this. Workhouse Group, Lordstown Motors, a bunch of new companies, and, and GM as well, jumping into the fray. But you know what? We got to call out to... Our next guest, right? Mitch Lucchino from uh, Trailer Bridge, oh, yeah. CEO and president. Yeah. Let's dial him up. Trailer Bridge, really interesting company, too. And uh, I, I, they move, I think, 50. Hey, Mitch, this is Dooner and the dude on What the Truck. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk hey, with guys. us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, before we jump hey. into it, because I know we're going to talk about some cool stuff like uh, like the, the, the importance of M&A activity and preserving culture, but just what's the elevator pitch on Trailer Bridge? Because I understand you guys do some interesting things. A lot of us think of ocean freight as 40s and 20s and 45s, but I think you move 53s and other outsized freight as well, right? We do. We do. So Trailer Bridge, asset based logistics company, but the core of what we do is, is move 53-foot containers between Jacksonville, Florida, to Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and the Virgin Islands on our own equipment. Uh, it was started by Malcolm McLean back in 1992, the, the grandfather of containerization, and we just expanded it out into the U.S., other parts of the U.S., and into Mexico. Uh, wow. you, you're, and your company seems like a great place to work. In fact, so much so that Jacksonville Business Journal 
The number one award it was in Best Place to Work in 2020 for your company just weeks after being named Best Workplace by Inc. Magazine. Congratulations. But how and, and why were you bestowed those honors? Uh, you know, honestly, it just comes down to taking care of your people. It's, you know, when you, when you treat your people with kindness and love, they will give back so much to you. And so when these, these uh, magazines and periodicals come out with these questionnaires, we just say, fill it out and be honest. You know, just be 100% truthful. And they do that, and I think it's a result of having an amazing team, an amazing leadership, um, and just genuinely caring for your team. Hey, Mitch, congratulations on that award. That's a that's a really good thing. And and you know, just speaking to this, this, you know, this year has really highlighted a number of areas in regards to company culture. For instance, for instance, health and safety in light of COVID nineteen, and also obviously uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, do you think we highlight these areas enough in our industry? Um, I, you know, it, it's difficult, right? Because I think our industry can be fairly segmented at times. And so I think that we do need to spend a little more time with this, especially when you go through the events we've gone through over the last three or four months. If, if your people don't trust you um, and you don't trust them, it's very difficult to work through this. I mean, imagine all these people working from home. If there's not a level of trust in between you, the leadership and the people, how, how can you drive out of this and be stronger on the backside of this? than you were on the front side of this. And I think it's cultures, you know, we, we talk a lot more about it the last few years than we haven't ever before. And I think it's a, it's a cornerstone of any successful company. And we're seeing it now. And we're seeing it in companies that are out there that have a stronger culture um, amongst their employees, whether you're 10 employees or 5,000 employees, you're seeing them thrive right now, where those that don't, is slowly uh, falling apart. Hey, and we're seeing it right now in the comment section. So we have a lot of different guests on here, but Team TB has showed up strong. Eric Mazzotti says, Trailer Bridge. Uh, Melissa Morrison, TB Strong. Laura Johnson, Make It Happen. Matthew Lewis, TB Strong. Uh, who else we got here? Alan Lucas, TB Making It Strong. Edgar Perez Torres. Uh, Indy Bowman, TB Strong, Savannah Marshall, TB Strong, Samantha Gularico, TB Strong, and Jones, TB Strong, man. We have a lot of guests on here, but you have, I think you've topped everybody in terms of just workforce getting active in the comments. Yeah, they do. do. They, you know, they, they knew this was coming up, and I think it just goes to show that uh, how much they care about me, because they know how much I care about them. They want to listen and see, I don't know, maybe see what mistake or what I might come out of my mouth sometimes, but you know, we have, you know, bi-weekly, monthly town halls that we get everybody on the same call. I used to do it in person. Now we do it over Zoom. So they're used to hearing me. And so I think they just want to very supportive. Right? It's, it's my it's my work family and, and they know how much I love. Them. Well, and they're saying, yeah, TB, Charlie Sanchez, TB Strong. We are the best. Uh, they're saying they haven't worked a day in their lives. There's so many in here. I can, we could just spend the whole thing reading names. But uh, one of the things we want to talk about is focusing on growth, something Trailer Bridge has, has done well, and it's great. But how do you in, in identify in light of, of safety, inclusion, diversity, culture, all these things? How do you identify partners to merge with and, and acquisitions to make that, that blood transfusion work? I think part of the, the initial of any acquisition merger, you, you look at the financials, right? So you have to see if there's an opportunity there. But I think when people get really stuck on the financials, if they're really good, instead of saying, okay, these are good, let's take the next step. And part of due diligence really should be understanding the culture. Does the culture of the organization you're looking for a merger or acquire, will it fit in with yours? Um, because that is, listen, when I see these things fail in the past, it's not really about the financials they fail. They'll speak for themselves. It's really about why aren't people driving success? Why aren't they holding themselves accountable? Why are they not? 
sitting within. And, and you really have to understand that, look at that, make sure that that's not going to be a huge hurdle in driving success and bringing those people under your umbrella. I mean, it is easy when you have a company that is really struggling, the morale is down. And if you bring them into someone like Trailer Bridge and you, you talk about number one place to work in Jacksonville, Inc. Magazine, number one ocean carrier by logistics management, you talk about all, all those things, then they go, wow, I'm kind of excited. And, but you have to live up to it every single day. You genuinely have to listen to what their needs are because they're going to be a little bit different from what we traditionally have at Trailer Bridge so, or, or any company you're at. You have to listen and make sure you do something about it. Don't just listen and not do anything. Listen and actually act. Yeah, you know, Mitch, that it, it, that's really good stuff. It reminds me of, you know, just working in, in operations over the years. And uh, I, worked in, I worked in your space at a, at a, at a rather large company down in, in Riviera Beach. Maybe you know who I'm talking about that also services the, uh, the Virgin Islands and, and all, the, uh, all of the Windward Islands and then NVOCC into the greater Antilles, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, you were looking at if, if you don't think you have theft, you've got a theft problem. If you don't think you've got a morale problem or a diversity issue or whatever uh, productivity with your people, you probably do. It's one of those things you have to wake up every morning and work, right? Without a doubt. You can't, uh, when we, you know, specifically at Trailer Bridge, when we started this, you know, this turnaround five, six years ago, I told the leadership team, we we can't, there can't be a day we fail. It's going to take us three years to actually change this culture. But we fail one day. We don't pay attention one day. It's going to set us all the way back. So, you have to do it every single day. You have to, to your point, whether it's not, not just about morale and culture, but part of that is the safety uh, of the people, making sure that, you know, you, you uh, if there is stuff, how are you managing that? What protocols do you have in place? And all that, you get the best ideas come from the ones that actually do it every day. And, you know, I see a lot of these companies, they'll put all these plans in place and they'll do it at a very high level. And they don't include those people who are actually physically doing the job every day. And that's something we, I, I believe we pride ourselves on. We get their input, and it's so valuable. We actually put that input into plants, and it, and it makes a big difference. Hey, Mitch, one of the things we've been looking at is the the recovery, the freight recovery. We've been looking in sonar. We've been we've been talking to guests. So let us ask you: Do you think we see the square root, the swoosh, the V, the W, uh, the DL? Is it a loss? What I know your seat's a little bit different on what on the way you guys move cargo, but what do you think? What do you make of it all? You know, we've seen, we've seen a big spike over the last two or three weeks. And that's the biggest question I get. Is this, is this going to remain or is this just that, that you know, replenish the supply chain? And I think it's, um, we're not going to see the big, you know, drop. I know a lot of people predict this is just a replenish the supply chain. It's going to drop off heavily. I don't think it's going to drop off heavily. It's not going to be where it is in the last couple of weeks, this huge spike. I think we're going to see it tip off a little bit. But I think, you know, I, we have to remember, this is what I tell a lot of people inside Taylor Bridge is a lot of people are sitting at home. They're not going on vacation. They're not going out to restaurants. They're not doing a lot of things they spend money on. And if, if they're fortunate enough to still have a job, they're probably going to spend the money on something else. And so we're going to see some consumer spending over the next couple of months. I just don't know how long that's going to last. I don't think it's going to last, you know, super long time. But at, at, it all depends on whether these cases also dip down or here in Florida, we've seen it dip really far up or climb, and that's been a huge concern. So I think that's going to play a big role in how we see the the rest of the freight market continue to move. Mitch, that's that, that's great insight, and you're seeing similar, even though you're moving slightly different 
different cargo than, than General Freight uh, with those spikes and those uptakes. And I have to agree with what you just said. You know what, too? I have to say, you you travel well. What an, You know, you fill a stadium. You got a ton of people in these comment <laughs> section that are all like, we make it happen. Trailer Bridges changed my life for the best. Love you, Mitch. We're going to book a thousand loads after this interview. My, uh, my fam loves Mitch and everyone at TB. Uh, wow. So how do people reach out and learn more and join your family? Okay, you can go on trailerbridge.com. We have a huge recruiting page. Uh, we have a recruiting team. They do an amazing job. And I think if they have an interest in joining, we have officers throughout the U.S. So we have a logistics group that handles a lot of domestic freight. And we also have the ocean business. So if you live in Jacksonville or you find out one of our locations, whether it's Houston, Chicago, and many more, you find one of those locations and you want to grow in, in this space, send in your resume and tell us why you'd make a good fit. You know, don't just do the resume. Put a cover letter in it. Make it exciting. Make yourself stand out and be different. Wow, Mitch. And, and Emily Zink, she's our GM of content. She just said uh, she's seeing a ton of Trailer Bridge email addresses downloading the FreightWaves TV app leading up to this and during this to watch you be on here. It's amazing. And I'm not just saying this to, to, to blow smoke. We have had a lot of people on the show and your team. I mean, I think it speaks to you winning in the awards by your team traveling so well and supporting you and saying all of these all of these kind words. And it does seem like it's coming from the heart. We really appreciate your time today. Everybody, you heard Mitch. Go join his team. Sounds like a great place to work. Thank you guys very much. Truly appreciate the opportunity. Wow. Thanks, Mitch. Wow, Michael. <laughs> that was that was excellent. Yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm impressed. They obviously didn't buy that award. He earned that award. It, it shows up with uh, his biggest fan base, which is employees, which is which is unbelievable. And it's I, really good. I'm also putting him down for reversed uh, square root for today. Reverse. Okay, that he's one check for reverse square root. Which one do you think's gonna I win? Think so. By the way, we're calling Lance Healy now. He's been on before. He's uh, it's amazing, and I'm not just saying. Oh, hey, uh, Lance, can you turn us down in the background a little bit? Yep. Hey, yeah. All right. We got we got Lance on here. Lance is uh, you may have met him at our last virtual event, Freight Waves Live at Home. He uh, played his. He kind of helped usher and he gave the confidence for us to launch the play it forward thing, as well as did Trey Griggs, who's in the comments. But Lance just came out of nowhere playing that harmonica, that mouth harp. And then he when I put the call out, the casting call to bring more people on, he said, you know what? I got a blues harp. It doesn't end there. Let's go. All right. Do you want me? So here's the thing. Michael Vincent, uh, he, do you want us to play a backing track for you? Because he recorded something. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Okay. All right. And now. Nice. Beautiful. What key is that in? What key is that in, Michael Vincent? Uh, so that's an E minor. All right, and I, and I have to now. That's trailer. That's Trey Griggs, man. Yeah. He, he's he right. he is the uh, author of that of that tune. It's beautiful. All right. It's so, beautiful. do you want to play to the backing track, or do you just want to go nuts on the blues harp? Oh, did, uh, let's go. All right, to the track. Okay, I'll give you the yeah, track then. Go. All right. We can work that out. Play it for on what the truck songs written by Trey Griggs, Lance Healy, and Michael Vincent too. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I love it, man. <laughs> Play it four. That was that was delicious. Com- completely unrehearsed, but <laughs> how many Trey's got mad skills? <laughs> how many instruments do you play, Lance? Uh, I harmonica. Been a drummer since I was twelve. Um, uh, I do both of them fairly poorly. <laughs> not not from my experience listening to you you're pretty solid on that harp i haven't play, heard you play the drums but the harp or the, the harmonica i should say is uh pretty sweet well thanks man i always i always travel with them because you never know when i'm gonna run out of money and uh you know need to work it out so. Right on. So when when you're not grooving to some tunes and playing your harmonica, you're you're doing some other stuff. I I, I understand. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? What what kind of trends are you seeing in uh, LTL along the uh, different categories you service? Oh yeah. Now so we're uh, we're putting a dent in the LTL industry. You know, moving it forward. But what I I love to see right now is is a is a big migration and adoption for the whole industry is is going towards APIs. Um, and, and moving in that direction because it, it creates agility both from the, the customers, the shipper 3PL's perspective, as well as from the carrier's perspective. There's no reason to lock into an annual contract um, without the ability to, to polish those rates every month um, and, and work together with your carriers. Very, very integrative, very, very open dialogue. It's, uh, it makes a huge difference for everybody. Hey, for listeners who are just kind of starting out in this industry, they may not be familiar with the the tech side. What is live carrier? How, what is live carrier and API connectivity, and how does that work? Sure. Yeah. So in the in the long long ago, um, there really wasn't the ability to connect uh, in real time with your carriers. So everybody stood up static pricing. They locked it in for a year, and you have two very dynamic sides. Dynamic being on the shipper side, they don't know what their pricing is. Um, you know, so they go to this uh, either routing guide, static routing guide, whatever. The technology has evolved, so we can working together with each person's own care group. They can find the right partner for each move, rather than making assumptions and averages. And that that helps both sides. Uh, everyone gets more efficient, better data. And what does intelligent pricing mean? Uh, yeah, that's that's the fun stuff. So. <laughs> The intelligent pricing is really coming back to being the carriers being able to give them uh, offer live lane discounts. Um, so, bang, we're the first ones and the only ones to introduce this. Um, and so you can get better than your negotiated pricing because the carriers now have the agility to um, offer spot discounts off of each individual shipper or 3PLS contract so they can maximize their networks. Yeah, and that we talked about that briefly the last time that you were on, Lance, and it, it was really intriguing to me. I spent a, a number of years, twelve years, in 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 LTL and operations and in sales, and that was just brilliant to me because as a carrier, if you know your freight mix, et cetera, on all your different lanes, this can be an incredible tool as a carrier, right, to be able to fill that capacity, cube out that trailer, and increase that revenue per load, right? Exactly. We just introduced another new product to the, and really for the carriers. So they can identify where their line hauls, where they're running empty line hauls, and now give them a vehicle to fill it. And uh, it's just that's it's it's amazing, and it's everybody wins. We're not we're not taking anything away. We're just sharing better information so everybody can be more efficient. 
Yeah, that's, that's excellent. So we've been asking people throughout the show, and, and I'm sure you've seen the discussions and have been involved in them, our, our yeah. recovery. Volumes are looking good pretty right now in, in truckload. Uh, LTL volumes, I would assume, are doing fairly well. Uh, so what are. Are you, what are you seeing? Is it a V-shaped recovery? Are we going to see a W, a Nike swoosh, a, uh, a reverse mm-hmm. uh, a square root? What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm I'm seeing a, a swoosh with an unsteady hand. Uh, how's that? Uh, <laughs> All right, a um, little low blood sugar swoosh. <laughs> right, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. <laughs> Looking like a seismic yeah. reading, right? Yeah, something something like that. But it, it is. It's definitely we're seeing it move back up. We actually across all of our clients, we hit our first week um, of volumes, the best volume since uh, March 10th, uh, just this last week. So. Uh, it's a good indication we're kind of back where we were in March. So, um, and and looking to keep that moving up. So it's it's nice to see. Well, Lance, we really appreciate you coming back on the show. How do people reach out, learn more about uh, what you're doing, and maybe hear some uh, get a private session with that blues harp? <laughs> uh, you know, stop by bandandtechnology.com. Uh, man, hoping to to get out to shows and and whatnot soon. But if you're in the Cleveland area, you know, stop around a couple of bars or some driveway concerts. That's about all we got right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll do it, man. Thank you. We really appreciate your time today. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Lance. Lance is the best. He always puts himself out there. By the way, Trey Griggs, he's in the comments. He says uh, E minor. So he he was playing in E minor. Andrea Perkle, she says. That's what I said. Didn't I, didn't I say E minor? I think, I think you guessed it. I think you did say E minor. I think yeah, you did. Yeah. KC3 says, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello to you as always. And Inger Brown, Chris Jolly, all in the comments. So, hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. Now we're going to call owner-operator, so drivers out there, Nathan Lewis. Not sure if you're familiar with him, but he sent me a track to play it forward. We'll find out where he's driving through in the country right now, catch up with him, get our eyes and ears on the road. My favorite things on the show, man, bringing context from all sides of the business. You know, that that's what, you know, sonar data is great. All that stuff's great. But we also need to have context from the people moving freight across America, like Nathan Lewis. Nathan Lewis, thanks for joining Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck today. Hello, guys. How are you doing? We're doing awesome, man. Where are you at? Doing great, Nathan. Where, where are you at in America right now? I am just a couple miles west of the world's biggest truck stop up here in Iowa. Ooh. Is business booming over there? Everything opened back up? Yeah, it's. You know, I've been Chicago land in that area this week, and yeah, everybody seems to be out. There's no shortage of traffic like there was a month ago. So, oh wow, people, I would say things are moving. People driving as crazy <laughs> as uh, Wayne Craig would have me believe. Nah, yeah, it's pretty much the way it's always been up there. You know, you you want to you want to watch your watch your corners good around here. <laughs> yeah. So you all right? So, so go go for it, Vincent. I was just going to say, Nathan, you know, we did a thing on the the popularity of, of, of vegetables throughout the United States, and I was going to ask you if you wanted to guess what Iowa's favorite vegetable was. Uh, I would have to say, well, I would think corn, but that's actually a grain, isn't You're it? Right on. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually picked corn as their favorite vegetable. Oh, did they? I thought, well, who picked carrots and broccoli? Oh, Almost okay. everyone picked carrots and broccoli. No, yeah, broccoli yeah, was I, all over the place, and then there was carrots, and I think tomatoes were in a couple places. But Iowa picked corn as their favorite vegetable. So, well, you, yeah, I like I, ribs. I picked ribs as my favorite vegetable. I'd be on board with that. Yeah, that sounds more like it. <laughs> now, Nathan, I'm about to play a track here. Is there a name of this band? Is this the Nathan Lewis Solo Experience? What's going on here? Yeah, I just Nate Lewis has pretty much been it. We uh. Oh, we get a little band together every so often when I'm home, but uh, pretty much I'm just doing stuff on my own. Me and my acoustic guitars, 
most of what I'm working with there, a drum machine now and then. Uh, I've got some lineup to get some studio time in here, but you know, it's like everything else in the world. It all revolves around money. So mm, I'm out here driving the truck till I get that ready, you know? All right. We got a little studio time right now. I'm going to play a clip of this song for the audience. Let's check it out. Thank you. stuff man school of hard knocks oh, i believe is the name of that track you. too right hey yes who's the, who the cowbell player on that tune that was pretty solid that was that was me doing it all uh, it was actually on a drum machine old drum machine i bought you know like uh christopher walken always says you need more cowbell you know <laughs> i've got a fever nathan i've got a fever hey how long have you exactly. been playing and let me ask you this more importantly to me really what's your favorite axe what's your favorite guitar to go to what's your go-to guitar I have I am playing the same old Takamini G series I bought with a tax return when I was about seventeen, so that was about twenty five years ago. That's some value. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, it's got some miles on it. It's starting to show. I'll pick something new up one of these days, but I, it's always done what I needed, so I like it. But yeah, I started playing, and I suppose I was about twelve years old, and I think I wrote my first song when I was about fourteen, and just been kind of you know it's been a hobby that gets out of hand every now and then ever since. Wow. So, hey, so how many miles do you have on you? How long have you been trucking? Oh, you know, off and on since uh, I don't even know. I grew up in it. Uh, my grandfather actually had a small company out of uh, Montana there before in the way back in the before deregulation days. I don't even know for sure. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm over a couple million miles if you string it all together. But a lot of that was equipment hauling and driving drill rigs around and different stuff like that. But I got my CDL the day I turned 18. So. Wow. So what, what have you been, what have you been hauling these days, Nate? I'm actually on a, I've been pulling a reefer van for the last year, which turned out to be kind of a good thing with the way everything in society kind of went nuts on us all of a sudden. It's not been a bad sector to be in this last few months. Oh, see, that's what Ingrid always tells Ingrid Brown, she's always telling me that. She comes on Freightways Radio all the time on Saturdays. Nathan, I know you're a listener. You hear her all the time, and she's always she oh, always yeah. seems to be doing well on those weekends, pulling berries, nuts, strawberries, going through Riverside, whatever it may be. And she's like, I haven't slowed down. I know a lot of people are whining, but I don't hear the noise because my wheels are too busy rolling. Yeah, we, we kind of got busier when all this all this pandemic and that hit. And I guess, you know, it's not glamorous, but I guess people got to eat, so it'll keep you running. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. How's business been lately? Is is it still upticking, still growing for you? Yeah, we're a medium sized carrier, and I I haven't seen any any freight fall off or anything. We're hauling some you know different loads that weren't our regular contract stuff and that to fill in, but they've been keeping us moving, so I can't complain. 
Hey, you know, so we were talking at the beginning of this, we we're talking about recovery and we we're talking about that TCA meeting and they were talking about there potentially being a driver labor shortage because of the uptake that may be happening. A lot of companies furloughed, got rid of employees. They're worried about seating their trucks. So for the drivers out there, what makes a good trucking employee? What should they look out for if they're if you're looking to either switch jobs or get into the business? Oh, ah, you know, it's I don't know how to explain it. It's one of those things. It seems like somebody's either got it or they don't even you know from the day they start I know there's a lot of situational awareness is a lot of it and uh oh you know it's it's not a banker's hours job or anything you know it's it pretty much is all consuming you're going to be putting in the long hours and uh I, there's just you know somebody who's not in a hurry but is consistent is always going to be far better than somebody that's you know racing to the finish I guess it's a, the hare or the tortoise rather than the hare you know Oh, yeah, absolutely. What What's the attraction for you, Nathan? You say, you know, you say it's not banker's hours and, you know, sometimes you're on the road, you're alone, but maybe not lonely. But what what's the attraction for you in trucking? What keeps you rolling? I guess the steady paycheck and that. I, I'm from western Montana and it's there's been a lot of change up there in the last lot of years. We were kind of a mining and timber economy and that uh, kind of went south on us. But, yeah, that, there's there's not a lot of work there, but I can keep the I can keep the homestead there and still make a decent living. You know, it it works out real good that way. It, it it's steady, I guess, is the biggest attraction. You know, there's always work somewhere if you're willing to do it. I think Trey Griggs wants to go go find you and lay down a track with you. He said, "What is the name and location of that truck stop, the world's largest truck stop?" You you mentioned it was in Iowa, right? Yeah, it's I eighty Walcott, Iowa. Wow, I can't remember the exit number, but it's it's right there. Yeah, it's it's hard to miss. It's pretty impressive. They, I know they do a lot of events in that when we're not in a pandemic world, but it sounds like this year is kind of slow. It's really a neat place. Hey Nathan, so let me ask you something. So let me see if you agree with me here. On on LinkedIn recently, someone posted, "What do you think the harder job is? Being a truck driver, being a broker, or being a salesperson?" And in the comments, a lot of brokers were like. Well, it's got to be a truck driver. It's got to be a truck driver. It's got to be a truck driver. And I think I might have been the one person who was like, well, that's really hard to say because I talked to a lot of truck drivers on Road Dog Trucking and a lot of them wouldn't trade that job for the world. So for them, it's not that hard. Being a broker would be much harder. So I think it's kind of situational. And it's almost kind of like like looking down maybe on a field to be like, well, it's so hard. You know, it takes. What, what do you think? Boy, I know that's a tough one. Every, everything you do has got an upside and a downside, I suppose. I've actually thought about trying to get into something more like management or brokering or something when I grow up, but I, I haven't yet, but I'm sure, you know, I, I guess that would depend on your personality. There's a lot of people that drive trucks because, you know, you don't deal with a lot of people and have uh, a lot of that, you know, they, it'd be horrific for most drivers to, you know, cold call on sales or something, but yet I suppose, you know, you're good brokers and that don't want to be away from home for three and a half solid weeks living in a truck either. So it, it, it'd be hard to say every, Every job has its attributes, I guess. It's a matter of finding the one that works for you, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You know, the other thing is just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not a great job and you don't love it. <clears throat> you know, but Nate, so we've been asking people and there's been discussions going around and trying to look at it. I was asking you about your business and how things look. So as far as the recovery, the economic recovery and so on, do you have thoughts on whether it's a V-shaped, very steep, uh, sharp recovery back uh, to high levels, or is it more of a Nike kind of swoosh type of type of look to it where it gradually goes up or W's where there's ups and downs, et cetera? And the other choice is this like <laughs> reverse square root where it drops off, comes back up to something lower than where it is right now. For the real Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, I'm 
I'm definitely no economist or anything, but I, I got a quote, somebody I heard, I believe on Road Dog Network the other day, one of the wisest things I ever heard is that uh, anybody that tells you they know something about the, the next six months is probably full of it. <laughs> I don't know what to think anymore, I guess, is honestly, I, I don't know. It seems like it changes so fast right now with everything. It, it'd be hard to say. Yeah, there are a lot of variables. You never know, especially when you're hearing more states shutting things down. And then you got to find out if consumers keep buying stuff. So there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that could be driving it. But I think we all want to hope for the best. And I think that we all you got to take the good while it's coming. So hopefully we have a bountiful July, especially you guys do moving, moving freight. The carriers need it after a tough April. Uh, Nathan, thanks so much for joining us. How do people reach out? I know you're on, on Twitter uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, and then uh, I have a Facebook page at Nate Lewis Music, or I'm uh, on, a, if you search the website, there's a musician's website called ReverbNation.com, and search Nate Lewis there. And then, of course, my I've got one track that is up on uh, all the regular uh, downloads or uh, streaming sites, so uh, you can search Nate Lewis there as well. I sure thank you guys for your time. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. We, we really appreciate it. Good stuff. Keep moving, America, and have a great and safe Fourth of July weekend, right, dude? Absolutely. Stay safe out there, man. Keep rolling. All right, let's get Joel Watuka up. So Joel Watuka, he is a uh, he's super interesting cat, self-centric supply chain planner. We're going to talk to him. I've wanted to talk to him for a while. I know he does. He does some writing. He talks, he dabbles a little bit in the media side. Super interesting cat. He's also with uh, OTR Consulting Group, founder of that. Joel Watuka, thank you for joining Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck Today. Tim. Timbo, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> hey, Joel, Mike Vincent here, the dude. How you doing, man? Nice to meet you. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. I've, I've gotten the pleasure of uh, meeting Tim in person, but I don't think I, I got to spend too much time with you if we did meet. So yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you guys are having me. No, we're, we're happy to have you. And one of the reasons it came up, I wanted to have you back on the show, but then also you posted something recently and it was no more than ever. We need solidarity and unity, both in business and the country. Accountability is in order for normal order to be restored. And I think that that and you would agree with me. One of the reasons it came up is I think that applies mm-hmm. not just to that applies to everything, not just business, but also media platforms like like Freightways have or like like brokers do on sites like YouTube and things like that. So what, what do you make of all that and what kind of responsibility? as a consumer of this media do you think that we have i think that i think that as uh as a platform we not just as a platform but just in america we need healing i mean there is obviously a huge gash that is gushing blood right now and we need to do something about it so if i could just have one second i would like to read uh, a facebook post that one of my friends put up um, that I think resonates with this very well. Please do. So it says, I love how people think black lives is political. Nah, baby. This is morals in life. I'm not fighting for my political views. I'm fighting for my friends and family to live a long and safe life without fear of leaving their house because of the color of their skin. And all of us, have a platform. I mean, anyone that is a professional has a platform, whether they understand that or they don't. It's not a political issue. This is a suffering issue. This is a quality issue. This is a human rights issue. And that's how we should approach it. 
Joel, I, I agree with you. And I think that that's sort of the uh, the ignorance of when people, you know, they go all lives matter. And I think that they just can they're either willfully or they're maybe they just need to be educated on it. But they think that the all lives matter thing, which is, yes, all lives do matter. But the point of black lives matter is that black lives matter, too. And they're not mattering as much as all lives do. Right. So to say all lives matter is invalidating the point of the movement that you guys are trying to make, which is to shine a light on some of the injustices that are happening in America. It is not to say that any life is better than another, but that lives are equal, correct? Correct. I mean, at the end of the day, as abused as black people have been, I have never really heard a serious argument of black people wanting revenge against America. They simply want a fair chance. They want a fair chance at a job, a fair chance at a promotion, fair chance at school, fair chance at, at life. And not just that, but when their life is taken, they want fair justice. And disproportionately, we get unfair results. So the second um, post that another one of my friends put up that relates perfectly to this is pandemics are real, whether or not you know someone who's sick. Racism is real even if you are not racist. White privilege is real, even if you don't feel it. Police brutality is real, even if the cops you know are kind and just. Your world isn't the world. Everything is not about you. And white privilege is nothing to be ashamed about or guilty about. It's it's just a matter of fact that um, when I have a conversation with someone and I tell them that I leave my house and if I see blue light, it terrifies me. Not because I'm doing anything wrong, but because I have just entered a situation where I could lose my life. And if you have never felt that experience, then that is privilege. That is a privilege I don't have. So just as if uh, you have the Xbox, the Xbox and a PS5 and a Nintendo in your house and someone doesn't have any games in your house. You have a privilege. Is it your fault? No, but you do have a privilege. So I think that the thing that, um, the movement wants is anyone that wants to be an ally is if you could use your privilege to make things a little bit more equal for us then that would be awesome. Excellent, excellent words, Joel. And, and, in, and yeah. in that post that, that Dooner had uh, brought up, and he, and he really spoke to and read the first two lines of that, it was the next part that really got to me uh, about how empathy can be lost in the drive for business success and profits, et cetera, and, mm-hmm. but, which is important and very true, and I agree with that 100%. But then it said we need a reminder uh, you know, to be excellent to each other, et cetera. And, and it, but it was those words that we need a reminder. And, and that's kind of the issue. Is it, is it not Joel, that we have to have these reminders? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, even though you, you know, you don't experience racism, it's there, even though you don't experience police brutality, it's there. And for, for those of us that don't experience those, those type of things, it's the need for the reminder that really becomes the issue, right? Because we, we, we go about our days and it's, it's no big deal because we don't see it. We're not experiencing it. It's not involved around us. And then we need this reminder to go, oh, yeah, you know what? We need to speak up and say this is wrong. It, it, it is. And 
Guys, this is going to take way longer than you guys would like, but this is important. So I'm just going to read a list of names. George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice, Dante Hamilton, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, John Crawford III, Azel Ford, Dante Parker, Tanisha Anderson, Akai Gurley, Romaine Brisbane, Jermaine Reed, Tony Robinson, Philip White, Eric White, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Sean Reed, Stephen DeMarco, Taylor, Arian McCree, Terrence Franklin, Miles Hall, Jamie Johnson, Antoine Rose, Stephen Clark, Estin Muhammad, Finan H. Berhe, Darius Tarver, William Green, Kwame K.K. Jones, Devon Bailey, Christopher Whitfield, Anthony Hill, Eric Logan, Jamarian Robinson, Gregory Hill Jr., Jaquavian Slayton, Ryan Swan, Brandon Weber, Jimmy Atchison, Willie McCoy, Amantic E.J. Fitzgerald, Bradford Jr., Detrick Griffin, Jamel Robinson, DeAndre Ballard, Botham Sheen John, Robert Lawrence Wright, Anthony Lamar Smith, Ramarley Graham, Manuel Logans Jr., Trayvon Martin, Wendell Allen, Kendrick McDay, Larry Jackson Jr., Jonathan Fazell, Jordan Baker, Victor White III, Azell Ford, I was mentioning before, Kajim Powell, Laquan McDonald, Charlie Kinane, Tony Robinson, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, uh, repeating himself a little bit, yeah. Jimmy Atchison, um, but the, there's at Joe, least 20 more names. Joe, there, there's a huge, and, Joe, hold on. There's a huge list of names mm-hmm. there. Um, have you, have you seen, so in terms of the, the supply chain media platforms, have you seen, you've seen the good and the bad of it. Have you seen it be used negatively and, and in ways that you don't approve of? I was, and I'm, you guys are familiar with Freight Broker Live. Um, I was watching a, a broadcast and I felt like there, the line was crossed between entertainment and social consciousness. And I think that once I addressed it, um, the curator of that program um, realized that he maybe was allowing a perspective that he didn't feel uh, was correct. So I think that the important thing is that if you have a platform and we're dealing with these issues that are obviously, um, they're obviously affecting a group of people that are U S citizens, that are your brothers and sisters. I mean, we're, I'm proud. I'm more proud to be a U.S. citizen today than I've ever been at any point in time in my life. And when your brothers and sisters, your U.S. citizens, are being attacked by their own kind, it is important that we stand up and we say this is not okay. Now, to address the... Because I think that a lot of the issues with the protests come from the quote-unquote rioting and looting, which I would never condone in most situations. But what we need to understand is the history of our country. We were founded on the Boston Tea Party, which is when the British East, and this is a transportation, actually, this is a very transportation-oriented issue, is that the British East India Company decided that they were going to import tea from China 
and they were not going to levy any taxes on it outside of the Townshend Act. So American patriots, of course, opposed this because not only are you importing tea from another country, but you are also selling it to us without um, taxes that benefit the country or benefit uh, the, the colony at this point. So demonstrators, some disguised as Native Americans, destroyed an entire shipment of tea. I believe that the equivalent value of this day is over a million dollars worth of damage. This country was founded on rioting and looting. Britain was so outraged by Americans' reaction that they sent their army. And then we had the American Revolution. So if you, the, the current, I think the current uh, term is, or the current phrase is, no justice, no peace. But in the American Revolution, the term was, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. Joel, if, Joel, mm-hmm. these, are, these are powerful words, and this has been a really powerful, uh, powerful segment. We will definitely have to dive in deeper with this with you. Um, we have about 30, 40 seconds left. Can you, before we have to, we have to um, end the call, but can you just give us a quick update on where you're at with that TQL class action suit? I know you were a part of it. So, okay, with the TQL class action suit, uh, I do not know what's going on with it currently. I do know that I, I on average, work. Uh, probably about 10 hours extra a week is what we determine with the lawyers. Um, it has been slow moving. I've been involved for about four, four or five years, I believe. And I would love to talk more about both of these uh, topics in depth when we have time. Okay. You know what? Let's, let's, you know what? Let's, let's extend it. We're going to do one more segment. I'm going to give you, let's, let's do five more minutes. So let's get us up to date on TQL. What was your experience there? And uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. Okay. So my experience with TQL is my own experience. Uh, this is my opinion, TQL. Please don't come after me litigiously. I, I know you guys like to do that. Um, but my experience at TQL was a, it's, it's a very boiler room type of company where you are attached to your numbers. Um, everything that is told to you is that your performance determines your success. And then once you get success at the company, you learn that's not a whole truth. Um, I was someone who was awarded with uh, achievement awards while I was there. And I had achieved the level of where I had basically entered into um, being recognized by the corporate office, although I worked in the Jacksonville office. And then I started having access to companies that I didn't have access to unless I was given access to them. So in my experience, I found that um, working at Total Quality was more about your I guess your trustworthiness with the management versus your performance, because I received performance awards. I received, um, you know, broker of the week awards. I, I was handling, um, responsibilities outside of my position in hopes of achieving a, in hopes of achieving a, a promotion, but um, I 
I call out favoritism when I, I'm too vocal. <laughs> I'm too vocal. I call out favoritism when I see it. And uh, there were situations where we have this thing called power. We had this thing called power hour where uh, anyone who's participating, we take an hour out and block it out and we make as many doubts as possible. And there was one particular time where, and at this point I had, Semi worked my way to the the uh, leadership ranks without a formal title. So uh, we had a power hour that was basically pitting the newer brokers or the established or quote unquote tenured brokers. And I had access to all the information as far as it was concerned. And one of the guys. Uh, the established brokers ended up winning the, the call volume. And one of the guys uh, on the established team was just talking crap about how, how the new guys talk so much junk and then how they beat them. So I just look at the numbers and I saw that uh, he had called the same phone number uh, several times and basically let it sit on voicemail. Yeah. Joel, Joel, unfortunately, um, we are we are kind of we, we are running out of time. We definitely okay, will have to dive okay. deeper into so this nugget. It, it, is, it is a lot to talk about. So I would love to come back. I would love to have a, you know, even if it's on a different part of the Freightways Network. We'll I'd definitely have more. you. Joel, we'll, we'll definitely have you. We really appreciate your time today. Uh, Emily Zink also just pointed a link in the comments talking about the TQL class action suit. Go to Freightways.com for more on that. Joel, thank you very much for, for sharing your story with us, and we will definitely pick up for part two with you uh, in, in the coming weeks. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, b- b- big stuff there, dude. Uh, so much to chew on. Let's lend, let's lend on an interesting note, uh, though. Uh, Tampa Bay man, right? He says he's being forcibly quarantined with hundreds of parrots as neighbors have gated him in for the past several months. What do you make of that? <laughs> well, I, I read I read that article. I mean, he made his he made his 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 bed, right? Or like I like to say, he buttered his bread. Let him let him lie in it. But what what actually happened there is what it seems is the Florida courts forgot that they can't deny a citizen access to a public road because they took away his easement off of his property, and now technically it's illegal for him to get to a public road. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, sounds like the next Netflix special uh, at the Parrot King. Go check it out. You can check out us at Timothy Dooner on Twitter, D-O-O-N-E-R, or LinkedIn. Michael Vincent, follow him. Subscribe to all Freight Waves media. There'll be shows uh, tomorrow. Their next show is, uh, what, Midday Market Update, noon Eastern time, live. Thank That's you right. so much, Rose. Have a happy, healthy 4th of July. For those of you listening on the radio, drive safe. Thank you to our guests today for being so open and so honest. Thank you to Trailer Bridge for for your tremendous following, coming, sharing your audience with us we definitely really appreciate it michael vincent any closing thoughts there's so i mean i'm justin mcgee says my experience was exactly the same as joel with two because i got the same awards the dfw office got all the awards and corporate acknowledgements but in the end it didn't matter it's uh he said it's a, a horrible scam so i don't know a lot of impassioned people impassioned show right peace and love you don't need a crisis to be excellent to each other yeah take it easy guys